Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whatever time frame you will be listening or listening audio um, on this podcast. Of course, this is your brother in Christ, Brother D, with another Generational Changes official podcast where we do things inspirational and spiritual here. Now, you guys know that for the last couple of weeks, maybe months or so, I have been doing a series called Let's Talk Self-Control. In the last video, I did a, um, it's basically a I guess I want to call it a panel discussion, but it's a discussion um, on self-control, something that is really not talked about in the church, but should be talked about. Um, And so um, today, um, I know the last video, I had two other guests. And today I have another guest. Um, This guest is not new to podcasts, just new to the recording um, spectrum of it. But let's go straight into our um, theme scripture, um, amen. And of course, this is coming from 1 Peter 2 and 9, the New International Version. And it basically says, um, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad that God has brought me out of darkness into his wonderful light. So as you guys know, our topic today, like I said earlier, is let's talk self-control. This is a discussion. Um, Let me give you the definition real quick of self-control. And basically, it's the ability to control oneself in a particular one's emotions and desires or the expressions of them in one's behavior, especially in difficult times. And then, of course, um, as I was looking at the spiritual um, definition of self-control, it was basically going back to and connecting to Galatians 5 and 22 and 23. So um, we're going to pray real quickly. I'm going to introduce our guests. We're going to get into the topic and discussion because I don't want to be before you too long. Um, amen. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We give you the glory. We honor you, Lord. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you would have your way, Lord God. Speak through um, your woman of God in the name of Jesus, Father God, that you would have your way, Lord God. Let them hear what you are going to say through her. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Glory to God. So um, this is one of the pastors of Cornerstone. um, And of course, her name is, we call her pastor, prophetess. Um, You know, she's a, she's, this isn't her first time on here. It's just her first time on live with me. So um, I want to introduce to some and to others, my, one of my pastors, prophetess Lakeisha Wilkins. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me on. Amen. Appreciate it. Amen. Um, she's going to be our guest speaker, so um, I don't know if you wanted to, like, you know, go into the um, topic or, you know, pick from one of the scriptures. Or we could pick from one of the scriptures. Um, and as a matter of fact, let's go through these scriptures real quick. Okay. Second um, Timothy 1 and 7, so we can know what scriptures we're working with. Um, and my apologies for that. You guys, but God still gonna get the glory either way. Um, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says, But the fruits of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against us there is no law. Proverbs 25 and 28 says, A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. And finally, 1 Peter 1, 13. 
Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hopes fully on the grace that be given you when Christ Jesus is revealed. So let's get into this discussion on self-control. So I don't know if, how you want it to flow, Prophetess, or... Um, I would, I, like you and I talked about, I would prefer we have a discussion on what's on your mind and what's in your spirit, and then we can flow off of that. So you just, if you have a question or a thought, let's go with that. And okay. we can go from there. So... One of my first questions that I would like to ask you um, is, what? how does God see self-control and what is self-control? Well, I mean, as you read in Galatians uh, 5 and 22, so we can just go back there because I like to read whatever I'm going to talk from. I like to read it because I don't want to get it wrong. Uh, I don't want to miss any good points. So, it says, let's go up a little bit to um, verse, let's go up to 16 so we can talk all the way down before we even get to the fruit of the Spirit. So, it says, so I say, and let's see, I don't know what version I'm reading. Let me look at this real quick. This is... What version is this? New Living Translation. So we're going to start at verse 16, New Living Translation. I love to look at the New Living Translation because it kind of puts it in some English, um, you know, English today, American terminology. And it says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. So, you know, that's a key point right there, which is why we want to read before we go into pointing out little portions of the scripture because... We do want to understand the word holistically because there's so many things that God wants to point out to us through his word. First and foremost, it says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. So that's key right there. And we want to put a pen in that. Let's keep reading. It says, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Okay, right. so we, we already hitting on some things and we didn't even get to right. Galatians 5 and 22. We're talking about self-control. Right. But it says, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Let's keep reading. Verse 17, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. Wow. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. So this is telling you, the spirit is fighting against your sinful nature. Remember, we're born in sin. We're all born in sin. And so as uh, an individual, as a human, as a man, we are automatically, um, you know, in a, a sinful nature. Right. And call it the nature of man. Right. Um, but it says that there is a war that's always going on. And that's what, I, what I'm seeing here. The sinful nature always wants to do evil. So without the Holy Spirit, this flesh wants to do things that are contrary to right. God. Right. 
um, it, it says, but these two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the spirit, you are not under obligation of, uh, to the law of Moses. Right. Verse 19, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, there are results. Right. When you decide, um, to choose sinful, um, or, or your, your, um, natural man over the spirit things happen. Right. And it says the results are sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. So it is not inclusive of everything but this is saying other things like these and and then it says let me tell you again as i have before that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of god right so these are um laying down a foundation of what we are like as a human outside of the guidance of the holy spirit right all of these things are a result of not, of us not having the Holy Spirit. Right. Remember we said when we first started out, the key is verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your, li- guide your lives. And so the other side of that is where verse 22 comes in. Right. So a lot of times we are just going to read verse 22 and we talk about this but we don't talk about the other side right. when i don't have the holy spirit i am subject to all of these things mm-hmm. why because of my sinful nature right. we all have the sinful nature because of adam and eve right. for that that one issue of deception right caused the fall of man and so now every man is born into sin and so your natural man is is subject to the sinful nature right. automatically and right. the only way to avoid that is through the holy spirit wow the holy spirit guides me by way of jesus christ because jesus died for my sins right. you know all of those good things uh that we learn uh, early on in our relationship with God. But as we progress in our relationship with the Lord, then we grow in the Holy Spirit. Right. And so the impact of having um, this wonderful guide uh, is verse 22. It says, but the Holy Spirit. So the other one says, um, as a result of when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, here are the results of that. So that's the fruit of not having the Holy Spirit. Right. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of impact. Right. And it says love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Right. And there's no law against these things. And so um, hopefully that kind of gives you a good foundation. Um, let me read verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. So this uh, Galatians 5 
16 through 26 gives us a wonderful understanding of what it's like to have this guide and follow this guide right. and the impact of not following and not having this guide. Wow. And so when you ask, you know, how does God see our um, self-control or lack thereof, right. his thoughts toward us, even though there is grace, is that it's not acceptable in his presence because right. he has given you a present. Right. He's given you the present of the Holy Spirit. Right. And so the expectation is, is that you accept the guidance of the Holy Spirit and walk after the Spirit, not after the flesh. Wow. Now, we are human. We're all human. So right. we all for, fall short of the glory of God. And there is a constant war, like it says here, that is pulling your attention, is pulling on you to pre prevent you. That's what it says here. Let me, let me read that real quick. It says... Um, this is the second clause of verse 17. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. Why? So that you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Wow. Because you want to do good. Right. But sometimes you can't because your sinful nature is more prone to having what it wants. Wow. Amen. Wow. So. That's some good stuff. That's some good stuff. So my other question is... Um, if you could think of anybody in the Bible mm -hmm. that either had an issue with self-control and ended up gaining self-control or had self-control, and how could you, like, relate with them? Well, my favorite person to talk about in the Bible is Daniel. And Daniel, uh, we know, he was in uh, captivity with uh, when the children of Israel were in captivity he was taken in by the king and he was offered uh, some of the kingly foods and things of that nature. Um, but he did not accept what was given to him because he trusted, he believed in his God right. and he wanted to stand firm on what he believed in. He had every opportunity to do it because he was not in front of you know, the other church folk, you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, he was not in front of, um, you know, an audience of people mm. that where he had to hide what was really in his heart. No, he made a conscious decision that I am going to stand for the one and true living God. Right. And that's what he did in spite of what risk uh, he could have undertaken uh, because of denying the king. So I believe that's a powerful um, self-control that Daniel, um, he constantly showed self-control. Because I can remember when the um, officials, they were upset with him because he wouldn't bow down to the um, statue. Right. And I can remember that he still went to his window and he still prayed in spite of what the people were going to say he did not go away from what he knew to do uh, as his custom. Wow. He didn't. He didn't allow himself to become a part of what they were doing just because he was in a different um, setting. Wow. Interesting. I guess with me, um, I would probably say 
I mean, there are probably a lot of people I can think of that either had struggles with self-control mm-hmm. or, you know, had self-control. I would probably choose Joseph and probably choose um, David when he went to go fight Goliath. Um, I would probably, you know, speak more on David when he went to go fight Goliath because, you know, when he went out there, for one, he didn't go out there wearing the armor that, you know, the king was prescribing for them to wear because he knew he couldn't fit it. And, you know, sometimes we go out and we wear armor that we can't fit. Mm-hmm. We can't. Mm-hmm. And so, um, or we try to, you know, be in a, um, and I hope this is not off, you know, but at the same time, it's not off topic. Um, because we try to fit somewhere where we don't belong. Mm-hmm. And we know it's not for us, but, you know, we want to, you know, and you know, try to please someone, you know, try to be a people pleaser or just try to fit somewhere where we don't belong. And I and I can say with David, that even when he did not, you know, when he knew that the clothes did not fit him, he still went out there and he still did, you know, what God told him to do because he knew that God anointed him to do this thing. So he went out there. And, and the crazy thing about that story was when David went out there to fight Goliath, he wasn't intimidated by how big, Goliath was, you know, or how big the sword may have been, or he wasn't intimidated by how, you know, the, how Goliath was mocking God. Cause I know, you know, some of us personally, we get it, we get upset easily. We get frustrated easily. You know, if someone says something, you know, we don't know how to just, you know, you know, not let it get to us. We, we jump at it. And see, David didn't let that, you know, get to him. He knew he wanted it for an assignment. He trusted God and, and he said, well, you know, if God sent me here, I know God is going to do it. And David, he, he killed Goliath. And the crazy thing was, not only did he kill Goliath with a slingshot and stones, but he also killed Goliath with Goliath's own weapon. Mm. And that's the powerful thing. You know, so when people, I feel like, you know, when people, you know, try you know, to throw, you know, word curses on you, try to, you know, pray evil spells on you. When you're consistent with God, when you have learned how to have self-control, those things are fired back on them. That's why the Bible encourages and tells us that vengeance belongs to God. You know, we can't pay evil with evil. We can't. So, you know, if I would, you know, think of anybody in the air, I would probably, I would say, um, Joseph, but I'm, but of course more of, you know, David. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would, you know, go with. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, let's see. I'm trying to see, um, when it comes, let me see. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you could, I mean, I know this is a discussion, but, um, do you think that you could, you know, which, even though you've been ministering since you, since we got on here. But um, I want to know if you could like speak from Second um, Timothy one and seven, if you could, prophetess. Second Timothy one and seven says, "For God have not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and a sound mind." Mm. Um, that is the King James version. And uh, when you're talking about uh, self-control, when you're talking about a sound mind, 
I again go back to the scripture that you were just talking about, about the spirit. Because it says in verse 25 in Galatians 5 and 22 down to 24, uh, 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. So this is telling me that my mindset is different because I have nailed my passions and my desires. So when we're talking about having a sound mind and you're talking about having self-control, your desires and your passions is what causes the lack thereof. Mm. But when we understand uh, the sacrifice that Jesus made for us, it causes us to uh, put aside the, the fear and understand that there is something greater for us when we tap into the spirit. Right. So we don't have to be fearful about the different things that we have uh, experienced throughout our life. So, for instance, like, you know, a person has uh, trouble with a particular issue, a particular stronghold in life that may have resulted from some traumatic experiences uh, that was nothing that you intended to have. So some things that happened to you. But in the course of that, you know, it has caused you to have some um, challenges going forward. So you may not have the self-control that we're talking about here until we get to a a mature level in Christ, not only a mature level, but get to a place of healing. Um, Because a lot of people are just not, like we talked about Wednesday, having gotten to a place of forgiveness yet. And so the self-control is a a, a challenge. The sound mind is a challenge for me because I'm still holding on to some things. And so until I get to a place uh, where I allow my passions and my desires to be nailed to the cross, then I'm not going to truly understand uh, what we're talking about here. Uh, for uh, God didn't give us the spirit of fear, but he gave us power. He gave us love and he gave us a sound mind. Right. These are things that we understand only through the spirit. Right. We can't possibly fathom uh, the principles that are laid out in any of this word uh, without the spirit of God because this is how we know that it's true. Right. This is how we know that what he has um, what he's uh, revealed through this word is actually uh, livable. That is actually alive. That this word is alive. Um, it's through the Holy Spirit. Wow. So I go back to that. If we have, If we're having trouble you know with self-control and uh, understanding what God has called us to, we should go back to, you know, strengthening ourselves in, in the spirit and understanding the Holy Spirit more so that we have um, access and we take advantage of the access uh, of the Holy Spirit, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And um, so I, I mean, I know we all have challenges. Right. You know, we don't, nobody is 
perfect. I don't care how long you've been walking this walk. There's something that they say um, every level there's a new devil, right? right? So every time you have made some type of progression, you have a learning curve. Not only do you have a learning curve, um, you know, there there is going to be challenges that are, are going to challenge your faith. Right. It's going to challenge, you know, what you believe. Um, right. It's going to challenge, you know, even the people around you uh, will be challenged in how they receive you. Right. And so that can even shake you. Right. And cause you want to want to, like, what is... What what do I need to have self control over that cause you to throw in a towel too soon? That'll cause you to just walk out. You right. know, um, other things might be uh, you, like one lady on my job. She quit. She just couldn't take it anymore. Wow. Uh, this was this week. Wow. She came and threw her badge on the desk because the pressure mm-hmm. was too much. But she really needed her job. Right. So it, the pressure can cause us to have uh, to lose, you know, self control. Wow. But the Holy Spirit is our guide, mm-hmm. and so even though I am progressing and I'm going into new levels in my ministry, new levels in my career, right. even personal development, you know, we don't have it all when we first step into these new areas of our life. Um, But as time progresses, the expectation is that you improve, Mm -hmm. you know, that you, your self-control, how you handle things, you know, how you understand things will improve over time. And so I believe that is God's expectation is that we will do uh, our due diligence right. you know, to not remain on that same path. I can't keep saying every time I I do something that, oh, well, God, he's going to be okay with that. You know, I can't keep saying, you know, over and over again that, you know, oh, God, he knows my heart. Right. Because at some point, God's expectation is that we get it. Right, right. Which brings me to this scripture. I'm going to say that and then leave it in your hands. But it says in verse 11 of Hebrews 5, Hebrews 5 and 11, it says a call to spiritual growth. It says there is much more we would like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. So wow. this is um pretty sharp, like what they're saying here. Um, it says you are spiritually dull. He's he's saying that I want to, I want to give you more. I want mm-hmm. to... Um, I want to uh, give you additional revelation, but I can't. Right. He said, there's so much more that I want to say about this, but it's difficult to explain because remember, he that have an ear, uh, yeah, you got to let the spirit hear, hear what the spirit is saying, right, but right. you can't hear the spirit if you're, if you don't have spiritual ears to hear. Right, right. And he says, there is much more we like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again, the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk 
is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature and through training have the skill to what? Recognize the difference between right and wrong. And so this this is a very harsh conversation that we have in here. Mm -hmm. But this is showing the expectation of progress. The expectation um, that my development is going to be ongoing. So I can't keep nailing Jesus to the cross with my sinful nature. At some point, if I'm sitting here and I'm eating this word year after year, because it's not even days anymore for some of us, because some of us, we've been in church for quite some time. At some point, there are some certain principles that we should uh, have not mastered, but we should be uh, we should be okay with some right. of these principles, some of these foundational things where we have to continue to repent over the same things. There's some things that God wants us to get it so that we are able to go to the next level. He can right. begin to reveal some more things to us that is important for where we are and who he's called us to minister to. Right. That's some good stuff. Um, I mean, me personally, um, going back to when you had mentioned about forgiveness, um, I know um, I had gave my story, um, I think it was last Wednesday. Yeah, last Wednesday I had gave my story concerning um, forgiveness. And one thing I I did wanted to say was that um, I think forgiveness is, unforgiveness, may I say, has played a big effect in families, you know, and I think majority of that comes from being prideful, you know, um, you know, feeling like, you know, you're always in the right. I don't have to apologize to them. They owe me an apology. And it can sting from the smallest thing that had happened. And in, in other situations, some of the situations are not even small, they're big. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people like to cover it up, hide it, you know, um, un, um, under the, you know, rug, and, you know, I remember having a conversation with my aunt one time. Um, we was talking and I was like, you know, I was talking to her about, you know, um, how I strongly believe that my family, and I'm not talking about everybody in my family, but a couple of people in my family are, like, feels like they're married to unforgiveness. Because, mm-hmm. like, they just won't forgive. You know, you have the older generation blaming the younger generation. Then you got the, the younger generation blaming the you know, older generation, I'm sitting there like, does it really matter? You know, just come together and just forgive one another. Because like I was telling my auntie, you know, at one time, you can preach, you know, heaven all day. If you don't, you know, forgive, you know, you're not going to enter into heaven, you know. And I mean, I know we're supposed to experience heaven on earth, you know, but we have to learn how to, you know, have self-control, you know, be the bigger person sometimes, you know. Because, you know, you never know. You may did something wrong and you may don't remember it. And I just feel like, you know, I know one, I know um, it was one thing that Bishop had said that, you know, shook me when he was on the topic forgiveness um, and unforgiveness. He was like, it's, it's not for them, it's for you so that you can, you know, go forth and do what God has called you to do. And with that comes great discipline, great self-control. And I know a lot of people, you know, struggle with having Mm -hmm. 
self-control. You know, me, myself, I always use myself um, whenever I'm doing stuff like this, you know, because I also struggle with having self-control issues. You know, I don't even know what self-control is, to be honest with you. I don't, you know, and, you know, daily I'm asking Lord, you know, God, help me. You know, you know the areas that I'm weak in, you know the areas that I'm strong in. And I'm like, you know, and I know when I'm weak, you're strong. I know the Bible tells us that, you know, when the flesh is weak, the spirit is willing. So I'm constantly asking God to, you know, give me self-control. So, you know, when every temptation comes up, I can resist temptation and submit to God. You know, and self-control also plays in, you know, you resisting temptation and submitting to God. And I know a lot of people don't really, they haven't really mastered that yet because they're so used to, you know, practicing. Because I know we're born in sin, like Prophet said. We, we are all born in sin, and we are. And if someone says that they are not a sinner and was not born in sin, they are a liar. Because we're all born in sin. And, you know, we have to learn how to, you know, especially if you're on a deliverance track. And on a um, healing track, one thing that I'm learning, you know, you know, when I'm learning how to have self-control is learning who to put, place myself around. Because when you're on the track to deliverance and to healing, you have to, you can't hang around the same group of people that you used to hang around with when you was practicing that in that life. When you decided to make Jesus Christ your personal Lord and Savior, you have to change the people you're hanging around. You have to change the things that you do. And even if you have something in your house that you used to go to that helped feed that, you know, temptation, you have to remove that. And and I, and I believe that that's a, another part of having self-control, you know, having self-control to move those, you know, get, you know, not be around those friends that are dealing with the same addiction or the same stronghold that you're trying to get free from. Um, you know, if you have something, you know, on your phone or on TV or in your house, you know, that, you know, you don't have discipline over, remove it, delete it off your phone, you know, because, um, like I said, you know, self-control is, you know, a, a fruit of the spirit and, you know, it's not always easy, you know, that's why we rely on the help of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, like, what you were saying about removing a certain people and um, removing certain things that will contribute to the uh, lack of self-control. These are things that will help, but you have to get to the root of whatever it is that causes us to go back to that same issue. Exactly. Because there is a root. So, if I remove myself then my thoughts will still keep going back if I haven't resolved the root of it. It'll help to lessen, you know, my probability of going or falling into that self-control. But I need to figure out what is it that is causing me to continue to fail in this area so that I can pray about that and then, again, allow the Holy Spirit to guide me through that particular issue, whatever that particular thing is. So it's like, you know, when I was in school and I can remember, you know, taking several classes, uh, I passed some classes. I did very well. But then there's this one class that I failed. And then I took the class again and then I failed again. So it wasn't that, you know, the first time I'm like, okay, I'm going to get on point because I had to explain 
Why did I fail? What was I going to do to be better? Because uh, what was I going to do to do better right. and ensure that I passed the class? Right. Because the school does not want you to waste your money and your time, and nor do they want you to waste their money and time right. or their time. Right. So, so let's have you explain to us um, where you felt like you went wrong and what is it that we can do or that you plan to do to make it right? Right. And so I did that. Um, and I had express, expressed my plan to them. But then when I went around the second time, I still failed. Wow. Because there was a heart of the matter. It was not necessarily that I needed to spend more time with my studies it was that it was a particular um, portion of that curriculum that bothered me and I didn't like it. And so it it stopped me from completing that class with success every time I went to it because every time I got to that part, it made me angry. Wow. It made me frustrated. And so I failed again. So it's the same thing, you know, sometimes when we're going through these certain challenges, strongholds, even though we take ourselves out of it, there's something that makes us continue to go back. There's a root cause that we have to deal with and we have to ask the Lord to help us to be healed from that issue. Like you talked about unforgiveness. And in that room, several people had talked about different individuals that they went through life, thought they had forgiven, but found out there was still an issue there. And these issues will have spiraling effects if we don't deal with the issue. But the Holy Spirit is the one that will help you to deal with it. That's why it says in um, the scripture we read in Galatians 5 and 16, the first part of that was, um, I done lost it, but it's saying that let the Holy Spirit be your guide. Right. Your Holy, the Holy Spirit have to be your guide because if the Holy Spirit is not your guide, yes, you will fail. Right. Yes, you will fall because you're going to be focused on the wrong things. Right. You're not focused on what's important. The Spirit makes you focus on what's important. Right. That's your good intentions right. that that particular scripture talking right. about. Right. Um, but you are. Um, subject to the law of sin if you are not subject to spirit of life. Right. And the Bible tells us all these things. Is it as easy as I am saying it? No, it's not easy. But as I walk in this journey, I get better. Right. And I get better and I get better. I have to do certain things um, that will help me to get my healing. So like those individuals who was in that class, sat through the class. They had to walk through this discipleship class mm. so their understanding can change. Mm. When their understanding changed, then their heart can change. When their heart changed, then there's not a hard place there. So when the seed comes, you'll be pliable. You'll wow. be able to receive that seed. Wow. Hopefully that makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense. Oh, it does. I'm trying to yeah. convey. Yeah. And we got to mature. That's really important is that we have these fail points. And it's all of us. I mean, we all do. But if we want to see change, because we talk about change, Mm -hmm. we got to change. We got to change. We got to do something. You got to do, you got to take part in your change. Yeah. Yeah. You got to. And that's so true. You have to make a change. And it's funny you said that because when you said that, Prophet, I was thinking of a song. 
And I know um, Bishop had mentioned the song one time. I don't know if he mentioned it on a Sunday or if he mentioned it in Bible study one night. But he was, um, it's a song by William McDowell. Mm-hmm. Um, the song is called, it's, it's called Song of Intercession. It's one of my favorite songs. I love it. I love all his music, actually. Mm-hmm. But it's a part of that song. It's the last part that says, a change that I want to see must begin in me. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember Bishop saying that. And, you know, that's a daily prayer in my life. You know, that the change I want to see must first begin in me. Because I want to see a change. Like Prophet just said, you know, I want to see a change. You know, you know, not just in, you know, the body of Christ in the world, but in myself as well. Because, you know, God has given us all, I believe, you know, our own, you know, ministry. That's why, you know, I'm grateful for, you know, my church, Cornerstone. Because, for one, Cornerstone is not a religious ministry. Cornerstone is not a programmed ministry. And, you know, you know, they're all about, they're all for using, you know, people whenever the Spirit is leading them to believe. But my question to you, Prophetess, is what would you say for those that have been going to church for a good minute and, you know, it's like they want to, they, they believe that God has put a calling on it, like whether it's to minister the word or, you know, to lead, you know, prayer um, groups. But, you know, God hasn't, you know, led, you know, either you or Bishop or leaders at any other church um, to call on them. And then it becomes a self-control issue. I don't understand. Like, let's say this. Let me put it this way then. Let's say if, you know, a member, let, let, let me make up a name. Um, let's say um, Trina. Mm-hmm. She's been coming to Cornerstone for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's either spoke with you or Bishop that, you know, hey, I, I, I feel as though God has called me to preach the gospel or mm-hmm. he's called me to, you know, you know, pray, be on the intercessory team. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whenever, you know, you or Bishop or any other leaders is calling anybody else, but she's been there long, mm-hmm. whether it comes down to opening up in prayer or to, you know, doing Bible, doing a teaching a Bible study class or maybe teaching a message on Sunday and she gets frustrated so it becomes not having self-control issue. Mm -hmm. My question to you is how would, you know, you were, well, well, I know you probably couldn't speak for Bishop, of course, but how would you respond or, you know, how should, you know, leadership respond as a whole? Okay. So, first of all, I can talk to you from a pastoral perspective I can talk to you also from a management perspective you know from corporate Um, I can talk to you from a parent perspective that it's all about readiness so from the spiritual perspective the pastor does not choose who is ready God does and God makes the decision and He's doing it based on your heart and where you are. Mm. And if you've been tried and you're being tried, then there is fruit that comes from you being tried. Now, the fruit can be good fruit or bad fruit. And so the only way that a pastor can see it, unless the pastor has a prophetic 
anointing is from your fruit. Right. So if you are displaying fruit of falling out every time an issue happens, right. you know, then we know you're not ready. Right. If you're displaying, you know, fruit of, you know, continuing to have to come back to a place of repentance for a particular issue, then we know you're not ready. It doesn't make you not good enough. It doesn't make you it doesn't take away from your call, but you have to be ready for the call or else we will set you up for failure. Right. Which we don't want to set you up for failure, nor do we want to present um, to the people anything that's not ready because the people that are coming, they're wanting to receive something that has been readied and has been prepared and that has been given by God. Right. And so this is where we talk about this scripture, Hebrews uh, 5, where it says, you have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. But instead, you need somebody to teach you, again, the basic things about God's word because you are like babies who need milk who cannot eat solid food. You can't eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. right. So this is the fruit that I'm talking about is that I, I, I know now what to do. I know what to do um, because I am being led by the Holy Spirit. And the only way I know that as an individual is I see the fruit, mm. not just with my physical eye. Now, as a manager in the corporate, they want to see from their, their physical eye right. that every time you come in, you're coming in on time. Right. Not only are you coming in on time, you know how to cooperate with the team. Not only do you know how to cooperate with the team, you know how to get things done before it's even asked. You already know what your tasks are. And so you get it done. You get it done timely. You don't give them no attitude. Those kinds of things are fruit that says that you're ready, wow. you know, for position, um, movement, um, and then from a parent, the same perspective. I can parent my child. I can have three or four children, but each of them are going to show a maturity level at different times. Right. So each of them hit 12, but a couple of them wasn't ready at 12, right. uh, you know, to do certain tasks. I might have had a 12-year-old, um, one of my 12-year-olds who could babysit because they show that they're responsible. Wow. But I could have a 12-year-old who is not responsible because they would leave that child in the house by themselves. They leave the pot on the stove wow. and let the water boil out and about to burn the whole house down. But they're 12, they're same age. One is showing a fruit of responsibility and others not. Because leadership in a ministry is about stewardship. And so I can't trust uh, my, I can't, because first of all, as pastors, we're stewards of God's, um, you know, what, what God has put inside of us. Right. So as stewards, we have to prepare the people that are being used in the house, but they have to uh, show that they're ready because th we're God's stewards. So right. we're going to be first responsible for anything that uh, goes wrong, especially with the little ones. What the Bible says, you know, if you harm one of my little ones, you better watch out. Wow. Right. So if I not being a good steward, being a pastor or bishop, not being a, a good steward, we just put people in position in place and they begin to harm the body. This has happened before. Mm. We put people in leadership over the youth ministry 
they come in and they get the children all excited and then they have a bad day wow. and they don't show up, you know? And then I'm like, well, where are you? You're on duty, not ready. Wow. So we can't until you're ready. Right. And when God says that you're ready, then he will show it. He will allow us to see it. Our eyes will be open, you know, from a, a spiritual perspective that, okay, that person is ready. So yeah. let's get them Let's get them settled so that they can move forward into the into their next. So wow. you know, and then there's certain things that God has, you know, um, aside for you know certain time frames. So some people may take a little bit longer, right. like like Bishop. His took a little longer than the people that he was raised in ministry with. Mm. Some of them, they were bishops like well before. He got to that point. Wow. It wasn't because he did anything wrong or anything like that, but it was about readiness. It was about you know where he was taking uh, him, all of the things that he had to um, develop within himself before he can get to a certain point that his other brothers and, and sisters in Christ had already reached. Wow. But it doesn't take anything away from the individual because um, God is the one who does the promoting. Right. Hopefully that answered. It did. And I think that's, I think, and, and what you said was so on point and so good because I guess um, what causes, to me, I feel like what causes people to mess up is when, you know, they're not seeing what they think that they should see. Like, you know, if I'm called to do this, you know, but then if you're not calling them up and then they're having those moments where they're, you know, falling out, like you said, you know, they leave your ministry and then they want to go start you know, their own ministry, going going out before their time. And I've been hearing that a lot, you know, with people saying that, you know, they're leaving before their time. And I think that's what messes up a lot of people is, you know, you got to, you know, I believe you got to get the training. You know, you got to know how to respond, you know, what to do. And then, of course, you got to have your leaders that are covering you, you know, keeping you in prayer, you know, because every time you do something that God has called you to do, um, I believe that, of course, there's always going to be an attack on your life. You're going to deal with, you know, backlash and retaliation, those two words that the church always uses. So um, I think that, you know, we should learn. And I and, and, not, and I think um, accountability also is another part of, like, self-control, being accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if you're wrong, you know, don't get mad. And that's one thing that um, I had to teach myself, you know, because, you know, growing up in the home, you know, I was, you know, grow up around a lot of tough love, something that I myself could not handle, could not deal with, you know. So, you know, whenever my leaders, you know, you know, get on me, you know, they show tough love, especially Bishop. But, you know, at the time, you know, it's like you can handle it, then you can, and then you flash, you get mad, but then you have to come to that place where he's not coming from a place or they're not coming from a place of, you know, mean being mean to you. You know, they see something in you that you may not see in yourself or you may see in yourself. But majority of the time, may not see in yourself. So sometimes, you know, your pastors have to, you know, hold you accountable. And we're supposed to hold each other accountable. That's the word encourages us and tells us that we, if, like, if, you know, if I see prophetess, not saying that this that she would ever do this. But if I'm at, if I'm, I see prophetess walking out of club, even though I know she would never do that. Um, which if I ever see properties walking out the club, I'm going to be shocked. But, um, 
But we, we all know he's never going to do that. <laughs> but, you know, if I see Prophetess walking out the club, I'm walking over like, Prophetess, what are you doing in the club? You know, I don't know what her response would be, but, of course, she would never go to a club. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we just we're, we have to be accountable, you know. We have to be. And, you know, I, I guess with pastors, I guess they don't feel like they always have to be accountable. Cause, cause, and I feel like a lot of pastors hide behind their titles. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I'm a pastor, so I can do whatever I want to do. And, you know, that's not true, 100%. But that's just my take on that. So, um, but yeah, we're done here. Um, <laughs> amen. Glory to God. Um, but, um, Prophet, if you would like to encourage, you know, the, the listener, the viewer, um, you can feel free to do so. Well, I mean, you just gave a whole lot in that last statement that you made that would have been, you know, great discussion on its own. But the point of humility is important. Self-control, we lose it because we're not humble. Right. Especially in a moment like what you were mentioning about the person who they're upset because they weren't called out front. So that right there, if you had a falling out because you didn't get called because you didn't get called in front, then that's a lack in humility. Mm. So that's an issue of why God has not called you to the front. Wow. Because the one that God is calling to the front is not trying to hurry up and get to the front. Right. You know what I mean? He's called he's calling for the humble. Right. And so my encouragement to to all of us is that we remain humble because there's a lot of people who are taking a platform in, you know, situations like this in front of a camera. And we see an opportunity for us to just begin to speak whatever's in our spirit. But we have not sat down to get an understanding. Wow. And this is what God desires is that we understand what the Holy Spirit has to offer us. Then we won't have as much of the issues that we have to talk about today. Right. We won't have the falling out. Right. You know, they, these are things that are a result of us not being guided by the Holy Spirit. Wow. And so we have to get to a point where we can sit down and find a leadership that can help us to grow right. and to develop. Because where you want to grow, where you want to go and where you um, want to be developed, the Lord will send people that will pour into you the right things, exactly what you need for that season. We've gone through, coming up in ministry, several different churches. Uh, All of them, we were not, you know, totally pleased with some of the things that we saw. However, the Lord had us to maintain our station so that he can give us what we needed to carry out this assignment. Had we not sat and remained humbled in those positions, then that we would not have been able to handle this because this where we are is hard. And so sometimes, sometimes, you know, people want us to put them out there, but they're not ready. But spiritual warfare is real. Mm. And we've seen people that we've placed out there and they were ravaged. Wow. Ravaged by spiritual uh, warfare. That this is it's real. I'm telling you, it is real. So we want to make sure that, you know, um, that you're ready, you know, before 
you go even setting up a platform like this you know why why don't we do our due diligence first and make sure that we are passionate about the subject that even we're teaching about not only passionate about the subject but we are also living it out because I want to know your truth, you know what I mean? Not your truth, but the truth that you have come to understand through the word of God. So as you're talking to me and you're teaching to me, you've done the due diligence to sit and saturate in the process of where God has taken you so that uh, somebody can actually eat some, some pure fruit that's not rottenness. You know what I mean? That's what's happening. We got too much uh, word out here on these different platforms but not enough living holy and not say we're perfect. None of us are perfect, right. but we got to get to a point where we are going to live this life that we're preaching about. You see these people, they come on here and they all have beautiful presentations on these platforms. And then next thing you know, you see in another video, they've been caught doing something crazy Wow! because you're not really living the life that you're preaching about. Right. That's important. That's why readiness is important. Wow. So that's my encouragement. I said a lot. But right. my encouragement to you is go somewhere where you will feel comfortable to submit to somebody. We all had to be taught. We all had to get correction. Correction helps. The Bible tells us that he corrects the ones that he loves. Mm. And if he doesn't correct us, then we're going to be out of order. Just like in Genesis, when he hovered over the face of the earth, you know, the world the world was was void. It was it was without order. But then he began to speak over it. He spoke the word over and order became a part of the making of what we see today by 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 way of the word of God. So that's what I say to you is let the Holy Spirit build you, let the Holy Spirit lead you to that place where God can develop you, he can grow you, then he can send you forth. Amen? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's a mouthful right there. Well, I don't know about y'all, but I was fed spiritually. Amen. Well, guys, thank you for just hanging out with us today. I pray that you guys were blessed. I know y'all should have gotten a whole bunch of nuggets out of this video. So, um, like I said, you guys be blessed. I pray that you guys enjoy the rest of your Saturday um, afternoon and evening. Thank you guys once again for hanging out with us. Again, please join me um, tonight. Um, I'll be coming back on around probably 7.30. Um, just to give you another encouragement, just to go into the next week. Um, but until next time, you guys be blessed. Generational changers, families, and you guys just be blessed. Love y'all. And until next time, let's, you know, be accountable. And let's, you know, just don't give up. Let me just put that out there. Would y'all be blessed in Jesus' name. God bless. Amen.